here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hey guys, Robin here. This episode of the BritRest Roundtable is one of our special bi-yearly editions where we record live from one of the two German wrestling festivals that WXW hosts, this one being the 16 Carat edition. We uh, we do it live so that we can record day by day by day, um, kind of get our thoughts as the, the event is occurring, and maybe you can listen to the podcast in between watching the, the individual um, nights of the shows. And also so we could have a bunch of guests on that were over uh, for the weekend. This year we've got on the, the infamous Matthew of Botchamania um, as our big headline guest. Um, yeah, draw all the money. And hopefully it's a good one. Now, as usual, because we're not recording in our usual setting... Some of the recordings aren't the best quality, uh, maybe there's a bit of background noise, there's a bit of buzz, we're not always as clear as we usually are, so apologies for that, but I think overall it's relatively fine, uh, apart from maybe the last part that we've recorded, because we recorded that in the airport just before we flew back to England. Even that I don't think is too bad. So yeah, Enjoy. Hello everybody and welcome to the Rick Rest Roundtable. We are yet again live from Oberhausen, Germany, the uh, 16 carat edition. And we are relatively recently woken up after experiencing Inner Circle and the many after events of last night. It was a good show. It was a very good show. I feel like Inner Circle kind of sets the tone for the weekend and... Sometimes you get like a bit of a mixed bag. Uh, sometimes they're trying really hard. I remember uh, Paul London like killing himself on in the circle a couple of years ago, and we were just like, "Oh wow! Like if he's doing that now, what's he gonna do like tomorrow?" Um, but this one was just it was wall to wall effort. Like everyone was trying really hard. Uh, I think just before we were recording that like everyone was working really snug, mm-hmm. and that there was a lot of effort involved. Uh, and for that to happen, like. Before Carrot Weekend, that is, it's like they're setting down a marker and saying this is going to be a very strong weekend. Yeah, you often get 
WXW trying to get new people over who they're bringing over for the first time, or they mix in a lot of the students and kind of give them their no, first exposure. None of that, wasn't there it? was none of that. This was all people who were already over. I guess the maybe the one exception would be you. But, Me? What did I do? Uh, well, you, you're never over. Oh. Um, but yeah, she. I, I think she's done a bit in WXW so far, but it's not a whole lot. Well, she was based here like uh, tail end last year, mm-hmm. so I think she worked here a bit, but um, she also went over to the UK. So yeah. Um, but for the most part, it was all either imports who were well known, so they're already over, mm-hmm. or core WXW guys from like the top end of the roster, so they're already over. So instead of like the this is an introduction to these guys, it was more like this is the hard hitting taste of the war that is going to come. And it was it was very good. It was the first half of the show was just filled with relatively short, but not necessarily in a bad way, in just a compact way. A series of short matches that were all really hard hitting and conclusive finishes and they're all just like, yeah, this is a really good taste and mm. it just gets you really hyped up. That is in a circle, it is a taster, so yeah. it's never going to be a long show and they kind of blow through the first half mm-hmm. really quickly every time. And I love that because it's like it's the start of the weekend. You don't want to walk in there and have uh, David Starr wrestle for like an hour and a half, which I believe was the plan <laughs> last year. But you don't want that. You want something where you come in, David Starr comes out first match and goes like, this is how intense I'm going to be this weekend. I beat the shit out of Jay Skillet. He Just looks a, so good, man. Like, Starr looks incredible. And I'm not a big David Starr fan. I like him. I like a lot of what he does. But um, like I wouldn't say I was on the same level as a lot of the other people that are really into David Starr. But I thought he was tremendous. I think he's been on a hell of a roll recently. And... He's slowly transitioning away from some of the things I like less about his work mm. and mo- moving it more towards the stuff I like more. Like Canadian Destroyers used to be a big part of his offense. Now he's kind of just replaced that with like hard lariats and yeah. he, he does this new move now that's like his his new flashy move, but it's his cartwheel into a kick and he just kind of launches the entire body. Yeah. It's brilliant. <laughs> I can't remember. Was it you or was it uh, Stringer said, oh, that's the cartwheel. Fuck you. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Like, you, you just so go, good. If you haven't seen that move, you hear like, oh, he kind of cartwheels into a kick. It sounds like, oh, that sounds very dainty, very flashy. No, he just like launches <laughs> his body. Like, it's like, it has the energy of a lariat, but in within like a, a flashy cartwheel move. It's it's hard to explain, but once you see it, you're like, yes, yes, I love that. And his finish was brutal as well. It's like, oh. like a power bomb over the knee because he's been doing the like the brain buster over the knee, and it always looks ridiculously dangerous. But this was like. It looks like the small of the back's just being ruined. Like, I don't understand how the the person taking it doesn't die. Like you should be paralyzed in that shit. I, was man. Worried. I thought Jay Skillet was like legitimately hurt on the finish. Yeah, I, I saw him. I'm saw him do it in the Devlin match, and that was the first time I saw him do it. And like, damn, that's that's a hell of a move, man. Like, because you, you Champa and a few other guys do kind of the, the power bomb down into the double knees. And that looks horrible, but at least it's kind of almost into a flat surface. Mm. This one's kind of at an angle, and like your spine's just going into the, the into his knee. And ugh. like if I'm taking that move, I don't even know how you you take that without like 
being yeah. hurt in some way. It just like it's not like you can like oh you land first because that would just be like your neck landing first because you're going down f- at that angle. I've got to feel like he did like yeah. just land <laughs> like, on his neck. It's it's you're, you're between a, a rock and a hard place. It's either you break your fall with your spine onto a knee, or you break your fall with your neck onto the canvas. Yeah, there's no easy way out of that, is there? It looks real cool though. <laughs> like, as long as people are fine with taking it and no one gets hurt, then I'm I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Yeah. So David Starr just opened up the show in a in a major way. Um, and he's ready I, for that Volta match, man. Oh, he certainly is. Look, um, so I recorded with uh, Alan Forel yesterday mm-hmm. afternoon, and I said that I felt that Star um, would either turn heel to beat Volta, or he was just going to lose again, and I was fine with that. But after seeing him last night, I'm like, he's so fired up for this tournament. I hope he goes real deep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, if he goes to the final, I would have no problem at all. If he's going to work at that level... I would have no problem with him making the final. Uh, I've been a big fan of his for a long time, but like just recently, I think it's all clicking into place, and he's like mm. a legitimate best in the world contender. I know you're, you've always been a little less high on him, so it's probably going to take you a bit more to like win it's you over to that like, level. It's weird because like all the stuff that he does is stuff that I love. So he does like lariats and uh, and topes and stuff, and it's like all the, all the stuff that I'm really into in wrestling. He does, and he does it really well. But it just it didn't feel like it was clicking together. And I think it might have been because of all the extraneous stuff mm-hmm. that he did as well. And he's kind of toned that down. And he's kind of focused on the stuff that he is really good at. And it's like, ooh. <laughs> Fucking David Starr's really good now. And like, it, it helps how great his character work is as yeah. well. And that's that's across companies. We, we were having this discussion last yeah, night. Yeah. And we, we might mention it again on the live podcast. But the... The consistency of character he has across, like, his three main places of work, being, like, OTT, WXW, and RPW, is a very consistent character, just with slightly different motivations based on the people around him. And I just love that. Like, yeah. that's that's what I want from wrestling characters. But it's just because his, his heel character in Red Pro is just, like, he feels like he's been done wrong. Mm-hmm. And But it's the same guy. It's yep. the same guy, but he feels like he's he's been wronged by, by RevPro. He's been wronged by Chris Roberts, which I can totally understand. (laughs) And Chris Roberts thinks he's been wronged by you. (laughs) You made him cry, man. Sorry, sorry, Chris. Um, But yeah, he's been taken off in this, in this different direction, but he's still maintained the core of who he is. Uh, He's doing really well at the moment. He's, he's, he's up there, man. He's up there. I thought we kind of just talked about David Starr so far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know, he he was that. He, it's amazing that he managed to make that much of an impression in like a probably like a six minute match or something. It, it wasn't. There long, wasn't much to it, and you know, he there was a little bit of stalling from from Skillet at times, but other than that, it was just like balls to the wall. Straight up murder. It's good shit. It's good shit. It was good shit. Uh, I, we're gonna kind of skip around a bit. We're just gonna talk about the highlights, but um. Uh, Ilya Dragunov and Mark Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, this is another case of like people have been saying that Mark Davis is going to be a, a standout singles wrestler <laughs> for quite some time. I've always felt that like he's he's better in short bursts. Yeah. So like when he's in tags, it's great because like he gets the hot tag off Kyle. He comes in, he does all these like fiery good offense, and then he gets out. I think a big part of that is. When he's not in there with someone like a Volta who can dominate him, 
because he works best on like the comeback, mm. it's it can sometimes be hard for his opponent to like convincingly be on top in a match because he is such a big guy with yeah. such brutish yeah, offense. Yeah. When he's up there against Volta, it's you know there's no no disconnect there. He can easily dominate him, and then yeah. Davis can make the comeback. Absolutely, yeah. But with other guys, sometimes maybe not. I feel like Ilya, Ilya stepped into that spot. He yeah. did the Volta stuff mm-hmm. really well. Um, I'm still not 100% sold on Davis as a singles guy, but this is mm-hmm. a, another example. If you're looking for one where like he is really capable of of having a great singles match, um, and it's a combination of the, the stuff that he does really well in tags, like the the uh, <clears throat> like the aggressive flurries of offense, but also like I thought his selling was really good. Yeah, I was I was very convinced by his selling like throughout that match. Um, but I I'm not 100 percent sold on him unless he he starts doing that with a variety of opponents because at the moment yeah. it's the, he has a type of guy that he has good matches with, and that's Volta Dragunov. That's the kind of area of guys who can have good matches. Someone with. has to be able to take it to him, and that yeah. almost sounds like an indictment on the, the other <clears> guy. And so, in a way, it kind of is. They have to be able to convincingly take it to him, but he also has to find a way to make it work with a wider wider yeah. um, array yeah. of opponents. Otherwise, he, that, there's always going to be totally a That's totally fair. But um, I feel like he's grown into... Uh, into his body a little yeah. bit over the, the past year. I mean, Kyle is, uh, as well. <laughs> his, his body has literally grown. <laughs> <He> is, <laughs> his body has literally grown. But um, yeah, but Mark Davis as well, I, I feel like he's improved a lot over the last year. And that was another showing tonight uh, against Ilya. Uh, and that was a difficult match because that was, they always have a match on uh, in a circle where it's two guys who are in the tournament. Mm-hmm. And it kind of feels like a, they just want to test the waters a little bit to see who's, uh, more popular. I don't, I don't think it's going to make any difference with the booking, right. but it's something for going forwards. Uh, but I yeah. thought he acquitted himself really well, Mark Davis. Yeah, definitely. Um, going into this match, talking with with Sarah in the preview, we were a bit like we were interested to see how Ilya worked in such a small environment, such a compact mm-hmm. uh, environment that Inner Circle is at the academy. Um, we were thinking like. Because Ilya projects so big in all of his matches, yeah. we were intrigued to see how that would work in such a confined setting. It worked. Like, yeah. he he didn't do all the big projection stuff. Yeah. He just kind of lent even more into, the, like, I'm just going to be like a, a bruiser. I'm just going to hit people really hard, and that's going to work. And it worked, man. He does the close-up stuff really well as well, which mm-hmm. is something that I don't think I've noticed so much because I tend to watch him from quite a distance. I, I don't remember the last time I saw Ilya like from a couple of feet away, but like he's might be like WXW London or something. Yeah, probably, probably was. Um, but yeah, just just seeing him close up like that, he does a lot of small things really well. Um, you can see why. Uh, I mean, WWE obviously are interested because of um, the bigger picture of what he brings, <laughs> and they're just interested because they want to buy all the talent. Yeah, yeah, but I think they'd have been interested in it <laughs> yeah, regardless. Yeah. I don't think this is like part of the because they are just scooping up talent just because they want to at the moment. But I think he'd have gone anyway because you look at how how good he is consistently across the board. Um, but like I said, like I got to see a lot of his close up stuff, the kind of thing that you would see on TV with the cameras coming in close, and it's all really strong. Like it's a lot better than I remember. I've always felt that he's he's good at like you said the the, the big arena stuff where the projection. Yeah, yeah. Where he uh, 
he can sell from a distance. Like, you know what he's doing from a distance. But, like, uh, on that show, you can see all the, the stuff that he was good at close-up as well. And he was just... Yeah, I've got a greater appreciation for his range, really. Yeah, um, absolutely. Because at top... Like, like we, we were talking about um, both Davis and Star, and I'm always a bit more high on them than, than you are. Yeah. With Ilya, it's kind of flipped. Um, at times, I, I find it's selling a little bit goofy... Like it's it a bit be. too over the top of time, yeah, that's, that's fair. and it, it, that can sometimes be a little bit of a disconnect because at, often he is trying to have these really like gritty matches, and then his selling it's it's very dramatic and sometimes but overly dramatic. He did one of those in that match, but I thought it was perfect. It was the one where um, like Davis absolutely clobbered him in the corner, for. and he yeah he came out try, uh, like swung a, a punch into the air and just fell on his face, and it was just it was so well done. It's like, I'd rather he didn't do a lot of that, but yeah. like that one spot in that one match, it was perfect. Yeah, so to this match was I was almost like, wow, if if he was like this every match, I'd be completely on board. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, I guess doing that, he might lose a lot of his appeal, and it's, it's worked wonderfully for him so far, so I'm not saying like he should do that, but for me personally, I, I, I was digging it. Um, yeah. And if, if when he does go to WWE... If he ever does have that problem of like he's seen as maybe a bit too goofy, seeing that he can do just the, the slightly more straight laced yeah. stuff there, I'm I'm that much more confident in him. He doesn't have to rely on the, you know, as Joe always says, like the constipated facials. <laughs> I think you kind of have to start out with the theatrics to bring yeah. people in. So like, I feel like Ilya has done a very good job on me of getting me to buy into his uh, character and his personality over a period of time so that he can walk out and have that match at Inner Circle where, like, he just does a lot of very basic stuff, but he does it, like, extremely well. Um, there's still little bits and pieces that I'd rather he didn't do, so that he does, like, that, that 619 thing that I just... Into, like, the, the clothesline. Yeah, I'd like the clothesline, but he, he could quite happily just bounce off the ropes and, and hit it, and I'd be fine. It just yeah. looks weird. Yeah. But um yeah, so he's still learning, but at the same time you can see him making steps in the right direction with it every time I see him and and you can see why WWE want him. Because mm-hmm. if I was WWE, I would want him. Mm-hmm. Main event now? Oh, I really want to talk about the main event. It 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 was something special and like cards on the table, neither of us are battle arts guys. Yeah. I I saw a couple of Ishikawa matches leading up to this just because I wanted to like have a level of familiarity. Yeah. But uh, you know, like three months ago, I don't think I'd ever seen a, a battle arts match. I'd seen maybe like two matches, but it yeah. was fifteen years ago or something. I just I don't remember it at all. We we both came away from this match going yeah, we might need to go back and like. Yeah, let's look up some uh, <laughs> Yukishi. Because if that's him at fifty-two years old, like we need to see some prime stuff. Because that, that was that was some good shit, man. Oh, he was incredible. Um, I thought everyone was really good in this match. Like from, oh, Tim Thatcher obviously was was fired up because he was he was in his house mm-hmm. and he was up against uh like one of his heroes in in Ishikawa. And like he was so excited for that match, you could tell. Like as soon as he was in the ring, it was just like he was ready. There's an extra little bounce to him. Wasn't yeah, there? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was really excited for that match. And but it wasn't just Tim, and it wasn't just uh, Yuki Ishikawa coming in and going like, I, I feel like I need to prove something to these people who might not know who I am. And I, 
he did relay that to um, Alan Forel after the show. He mm-hmm. said that he was surprised that people knew who he was. Um, when Alan said he'd, he'd seen like a hundred battle arts matches, he's like, really? <laughs> it, was, it was one of those things where like he didn't expect people to know who he was, but he felt like he was coming over to put on like a display of his style of wrestling. Um, and he knew like people like Thatcher were into that. But when he, he, when he stepped into the ring, he was just so good. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm told that he, he he doesn't walk very well nowadays. Well, you could kind of see that because, like, he, it was weird. Like, when he was moving around the ring, but not, like, in wrestling mode, necessarily. Mm. Like, when he wasn't, like, facing off against a Thatcher or a Volta, like, squaring off against them. When he was just moving around, it did look a bit like... Yeah, this is this is an older guy who's been through a lot. You could see, you could see he wasn't you, you his see leg that. looked kind of cro- crooked yeah, almost. Yeah. He was like almost side on. But as soon as he was facing off against someone, the, the, something clicked. What got me here is the difference between the way he approached it and Koji Kanemoto uh, when he came over. Well, two years ago, three years ago, I can't remember. Now. It was two uh, years ago. Yeah, two. Because um, Koji came over and he was very much towards the the tail end of his career. And he took it very easily, and he didn't really feel like he had to prove anything. Whereas Yuki Ishikawa at 52 comes out and goes, yeah, I want people to remember me. This is part of my legacy is coming over and putting on these matches with uh, with Tim and uh, and Volta. And he just he, he wanted to leave that impression on people so that they went and looked him up when they got home. <laughs> and it's worked with us. I don't think anyone came away from Carrot two years ago and went, oh, I really need to go and see some Koji Kanemoto matches from, mm-hmm. from back in the day. I mean, they should, but at the but same, that wouldn't have given that, that would, impression. No, whereas this performance from Ishikawa was, was incredible, really. I was very, very impressed. And, like, that's, you know, we, we've completely talked around him, but, like, Iri was really good, too. Yeah, he, he was, he was he almost was. the perfect partner because he... You did get the impression that like Ishikawa did have to do kind of his shortish spurts. So Iri did take the majority of this match in for his team and he was great. Like yeah. he he looked completely so at home. Iri can Iri he can do absolutely anything. Mm-hmm. Like he's one of those perfect wrestlers where he can just drop into any kind of match because he can do the hard hitting stuff, he can do the mat work, um, he can do comedy stuff. Like he has that range where it doesn't matter who he's in with. He can modify his performance to uh, the strengths of his, of his opponent, which is what a really good worker does. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel he's very underrated. And he's he's obviously bet on himself coming over to Europe for this oh, excursion on, yeah. on his own back. And he deserves whatever he gets out of wrestling, uh, any any positives that come back to Erie, he absolutely 100% deserves it because he is so good. Mm-hmm. But kind of back to Ishikawa, you want to talk about a specific spot because you haven't stopped talking about it Oh since. my God, yeah. Yeah, so he does the Antonio Inoki, uh, Muhammad Ali thing of like, uh, where, where he's on his back and he's got his feet up to defend himself a little bit. And Tim Thatcher's like playing around with him a little bit, saying, oh, I've seen this, I've seen this before. And all of a sudden, Tim's in a leg lock. What the hell happened there? <laughs> How did that 52-year-old man move? At that speed. It, it was brilliant. Like, it was out of nowhere. He kind of, like, Thatcher kind of stepped in slightly to try and close the distance and then with maybe the idea of, like, dropping down into, like, guard or something or um, getting him in a headlock or something like that. 
And then all of a sudden, like, Ishikawa's managed to pivot fully around him, pulls him down to the, the ground in a leg lock. And, like, so often you see when there's an older guy in there doing, like, a grappling style against, like, a, a guy who's in his prime, it feels a bit contrived. Yeah. Like, the, the other guy's kind of go, ob- obviously going down super easy. Yeah, it's just that they're nice to the veterans. That remember, wasn't this. I remember Jimmy Snooker being in the... Uh, uh, the rumble one year and everyone's like oh I want to sell for Jimmy Snooker so like he's moving in slow motion and they're all taking exaggerated bumps for him well, every and time Fujiwara does anything in, in New Japan yeah. like it's or anywhere really it's yeah like, it's painful isn't it, it, it you see like, him like kind far of more broken nudge down. someone and they have to go down into an arm lock and you're like mm, yeah th- this wasn't that, that wasn't this <laughs> no 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 total uh, like professionalism all around it was I know Tim came into this match wanting to to sell for, for Ishikawa, but I was worried that Ishikawa would not be able to deliver like his yeah. part of the match, but he 100% did it. Fucking incredible for this. I'm, I'm, I'm literally just blown away at how, uh, how good he was. Yeah, it was great. And like, another thing I love was like the... Something that always... I really get a kick out of in matches is in tag matches when the guy on the side is like helping his oh, partner yeah. audio yeah, yeah. like um Bubba Ray like for, for all his faults he was always really good at that like yeah, he'd yeah. like always shout at like Diva and giving him the, and like that that should happen because that's what would happen in like yeah, a it's sport true, it's true. and this match had that I loved Thatcher and Volta taking it turns to coach each other on the apron and the the changes in their style between yeah. the two of them <laughs> I love the uh, Tim was basically doing it from a, a shoot perspective. So he was like saying, oh, you need to get the control from here. Get on top. Yeah. Mount, mount. mount. He's like uh, yelling. Like, Breach the guard. And yeah, all, all that kind of stuff. From and the then, apron, it's like, oh, this is so good. Coach and then, Tim, I love it. And then when it's Volta, Volta's just like, whack him, Tim, whack him. <laughs> whack him. And it's just like, that's the, the perfect like dichotomy of like, in kayfabe, what those two wrestlers have to do yeah. to win. Thatcher, like, he knows his route to winning is being able to out-wrestle the opponent with all the, the technical prowess that he has, doing all the right things, and that gets him on top and gets him in a position to win by submission. Volta, the way his way to win is to use his gigantic body to hit people really hard, and then they give up. Uh, <laughs> like... <laughs> So he, from his mind, he's like, how would I get out of this? Why don't I do it? I chop him a few times. Tim, whack him, whack him. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. It was, it was, it might be my favourite Inner Circle match that I've seen. Yeah, this this was Inner Circle clearly like completely built around this match. Because yeah. as we were talking earlier, like all the matches leading up to this are all short. I, I wouldn't be shocked if none of them broke 10 minutes, maybe one or two just about past I'm, that I'm mark. I'm kind of bad at judging times when, when I'm watching live. But uh, I felt most most of them were really short. This match was like, what, 25 minutes it felt like? It, well, you just said you're yes, bad at judging times. I'm, I'm, this was... You got everything you wanted out of this match and more, and it lasted, but it didn't overstay its welcome. It, it was brilliant. It was like, what a way to kick off the weekend. Yeah. More yeah. to come. Yeah. I feel like we have like a, a spreadsheet over at um, uh, View Reviews where um, we kind of put stuff in for match of the month considerations. So it kind of builds into like a, like a watch list as the, mm-hmm. the month continues. But I would stick that in there straight away. Like that is one of those matches you just need to see because it's great. I, 
it, it's weird. Like, I, I don't think I would say it's like... Like, if I was writing it star-wise, I don't know how high I'd go. I but, think I'd probably go four, but like... Yeah, I'd probably four and f- or three and a quarter or something. But three and three quarters. But it I, it also feels like a must-watch match. Yes, absolutely. Which is a weird, weird, weird dichotomy, and it's a weird thing with stars. And it's it's hard to explain, but I think most people get it who do star ratings. Like, occasionally you do have the thing where, like, I think that was a better match, so I'm going to rate it higher. But this other match might stick with me longer. Yeah. And it, it's like, well, doesn't that make it a better match? It, it's weird, but it's the way it, it is. is. I you need to see this match. What you're, you need you're to see there. this match, man. Yeah, no, it was great. And and if that's to start the weekend, and you look at the lineup that they've got for for night one, all the the first round matches just look incredible on paper. It's <laughs> and I'm that I much more Aaron. excited for ambition now. Oh yes. Oh god, yes. Like I feel like this match might end up being better because yeah, because he got to have the breathers. Yeah, come in and out, but at the same time, I just really want to see him again. Like I'm almost. I feel disappointed in myself that I've not seen that. <laughs> you, you go to rectify that bit. Yeah, I think I might have to do one of these uh, project uh, views where I just go and watch everything of his that I can, I can because he's just one of those guys. Like, I was always a UWFI guy, so they had guys like Takada who were like really good who were um, uh, really good and I really enjoyed watching the, that style but uh, at the same time I didn't want to like overexpose myself to it because I felt like it was there's only so much of one style that you can watch it's like I don't watch a lot of lucha but what I do watch is usually good uh, this is the same sort of thing where it's shoot style it's like you kind of you kind of have to watch the good stuff and not the bad stuff because mm-hmm. if you watch the bad stuff it'll put you off it so I limited what I watched and but at the same time, like, I, this guy's so good. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, certain styles, if they're not, like, your thing, like, 100%, it, the diminishing returns can be quite rapid. And yeah. I think... That's fair. I, I'm, I'm kind of like that with Dragon Gate. Like, the more I watch, the less I enjoy it, because the more, like, 100%. used to it you get. Whereas, like, you pop in for the occasional match, you're like, fucking hell, this is incredible. The timing these guys have and the the, the faults don't, like, wear on you as much. Similar thing for shoot style, but we both come away from this one going, yeah, we need to we need to watch more of this guy. Yeah. We've, this is just, like, the first show, so... Like, um... Yeah, and we've already gone half an hour, so we yeah. should probably be wrapping this up. But, uh, yeah, we if, you, if it didn't come across, and I'm sure it did... This show made us very excited for the weekend, so um, great stuff. We will we'll see you on the other side of the stinger. It'll all click when the mortgage clears. All our fears will disappear. Now you go to bed. I'm staying here. I've got another level that I want. Hello, everybody. We've just finished watching. Night one of 16 Carat, and everybody is out. Everyone's <laughs> out. There's no one left in the tournament. It's it's uh, no winner this year. I can't believe that me, you, and Mike Kilby all picked a different winner for the tournament in like the Pickhams, and they've all lost in the first night. Yeah. So like b- before b- before the uh, the show, while we're at the the press lunch, we were all. Um, making our predictions uh like kind of pretty in depth and i think even if you go to the 
the semi-final level that we predicted. There's not a lot of guys left there. Um, Let's see. I'm just going to run through who we picked. So uh, Mike had Yearn, uh, Tim Thatcher, Erie, and Ilya. Uh, you, Rob, had Star, Thatcher, Sekamoto, and Dita Jr. And I had Tim, Volta, Ilya, and Avalanche. So I'm kind of leading the way there because I've still got three alive. Yeah. And you've got three dead. You've, you've managed to do well there. Yeah. I, yeah, I got... All things considered. Apart from the fact that my winner lost in the first round, I actually called everything else correctly. Apart from the alternate four-way. Oh, apart from the alternate four-way. But yeah, I don't really care. We barely thought about predicting it. It was kind of a last... Minute. Yeah, thing, hey, wasn't it? I got that one right. I got yeah, you right. got that one right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got to take my win so I can get them at this point. Uh, well, you were sharp to start with. You had like three in a row, and I think it was five. And it was four, four. I can't five. remember. It was quite a lot. And it was just, until Thatcher. And then yeah, it all started to go pear shaped. Yeah. So Thatcher lost in the first round to Lucky Kid, and little did we know at the time that would be the the first of. A lot of the the bigger names going out. Um, we managed to talk ourselves into Yearn being a serious contender by looking at the, the, heel the face fact that like spread, yeah, yeah, there's not a lot of heels, or there weren't a lot of heels in the tournament. So we we're like, eh, Avalanche Yearn was almost a fifty fifty anyway. I was initially leaning slightly towards Avalanche, and then I was like, they probably want to heal at least going far. So I, I, I plumped towards uh, Yearn. No, he's, he's gone too. He's gone too. Um, and then I'm not sure if, if shocked quite the right word because I think even everyone who thought Star was winning always had in their mind that like his biggest threat was going to be Volta. Yeah, if he was losing, it was likely in the first round. I heard several different theories, but the one that I always subscribe to is uh, when I was working predictions uh, like pre-tournament and somebody asked me who was going to win, I said I thought Tim Thatcher was going to win and that he would beat either Volta or Star in the farm, depending on who won that match. And I only ended up plumping on uh, Volta um, at the press lunch because I felt that was the right thing to do. And I still think it's the right thing to do. Uh, I really enjoyed the match. I really enjoyed uh, the finish. I think some people were a little disappointed that Star didn't win, but you know, you, you, you can carry on doing this. This oh. is not something that has to end. You don't have to win. I was bummed out, but that was the right reaction. Like, that that was the intention. <laughs> so my reaction was wrong then. <laughs> well, like, your your reaction wasn't what they were going for, necessarily. <laughs> it wasn't what they were expecting. <laughs> But, you know, because Arm started cheering and jumping up and down as, as soon as uh, Volta stole the win away from under, under Star's nose. Um, he didn't steal it. I, I, yeah. he, he, he cowardly tapped out, even though his foot was under the, the bottom rope, to create a, a shocking distraction. It was such a huge was under the rope, so it didn't count. Was... Yeah, well, the, you know, why was he such a coward to tap out if he didn't need to then? Um, he still won. <laughs> he did. He did. Um, let's. That's ring count. Smart. Let's let's start with that that match. It, oh, it was the best match on the card, though, wasn't it? Fairly comfortably. Yeah. It was a tremendous match, and maybe even more than that, an incredible star performance. Like yeah. he he was everything you want from 
that role in that match, right down to the the dejection at the end after he'd lost. He was still selling, like all the way up the steps, past us into the uh, like the press area, and I don't know what he was doing, picking something from the, up the top there. But he was selling the whole way. He was absolutely dejected. He didn't speak to anyone. He didn't say a word. The so it's so easy for the like false finish where the the guy thinks he's won but he actually hasn't for for that to come off corny but i thought he nailed that yeah reaction too they did that really well because um he changed position to try and get a better hold Mm -hmm. uh, on the choke and that meant that you couldn't see his leg he could only he could only see out into the ring um and volta's tap was so loud yeah that it was like well yeah that that makes sense that would be your reaction um and it's not like Tass had already started calling for the break or anything. It was... Well, Tass, leg was under it. Tass saw the early. tap out and then saw the leg. Mm. That's the way it was That's sold. the story, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, was, it was an extremely well-done version of that finish. And that's a finish that quite a lot of the time leaves you kind of eye-rolly. Mm-hmm. But I thought they, they nailed it. Um stars for, for the, they did such a good job of building it like it could be the the one where he wins because there's been a few of those star volta matches where you like great close. matches but you you never like you you're always under the impression like he's not winning this yeah like the, the london match yeah. uh, that they had great match but at no point did i i ever think i don't think he even hit chance. one of his Finishes or anything, or any like really big moves in that. I could be wrong, but um, I don't remember him hitting a finish. Whereas in this one, he hit the lariat, uh, he hit the product placement, and he the hit black heart the buster. Yeah, the the brain buster over the over the knee. The only thing he didn't horrendous. hit was that that power, that power bomb. Yeah, uh, onto the knee and like it, the 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 questions there is like, can he even hit that? Or is it he's saving that as his like ultimate finish for you know it's I mean a guy that, of Volta's size compared to a guy of star size it was you know I wouldn't be shocked if it was just like I I, I can't do that one um, but <laughs> it's it was it was so well built up and like if if that match had ended um, and it'd be going on in the exact same structure and then like Star had busted out like a new finisher that was like, well, everything I've been doing hasn't got the job done, hits the new finisher, and that gets the job done, like, that match structure would have also made sense. Mm-hmm. They they built it as if this could be the big one. It wasn't, but, you know, people were bought in either way. I like the fact that I, I kind of explained how much I loved the feud to Taz at lunch and explained... You explained why Star should lose uh, yeah, basically without necessarily even intentionally doing that. Yeah, no, but I said that I felt he should lose because it's they're, if they're doing the Mizawa Kawada thing, then you need to build up to that match and have him lose it so you can do it again and again. And at some point he'll beat him in a, a tag or something to prove that he can, but then he, he then needs to do it in singles. And it's like a build that they're following and they're doing a really good job of it. See, I I understand that point of view. I would almost pref- 
for the win to come in a singles. Yeah. Um, I see the arguments for both. Like, I think logically it almost makes sense more for it to be the tag, but I think you get a better moment if the first uh, yeah, time's in a this big is, this is match. true. This is true. So there's arguments either way. But if they're doing it the the then bizarre Kawada way, mm. then the first win comes in a tag. But you know they don't have to do that. It's um, whatever they feel is is best for business. But yeah, it was it was perfectly done. I thought um, really enjoyed the match. Uh, Star just killed himself in in that match. That the, dive spot the, where oh he just gosh. dives and like Volta just sidesteps and just goes flying into like three different rows of chairs from a suicide dive and like and this could, isn't that spot where so Hanson um, currently of NXT kind of does you know it's in some ways it's more impressive because he's a way bigger guy but he kind of rolls his dive when he's going to miss it so that he ends up landing. In a you know almost in a in a forward roll and it's still like an awesome spot because it's this huge man doing a suicide dive but David Starr just he did the move exactly yeah. as if he would hit it but there was no one there that that was you could tell that it was easily the best spot of the night oh easy easy and you could tell it worked really well because we were up by the workers were and they were popping it yeah like they were going off. Fuck, because <laughs> it's it was so impressive the way it was done, and there was a moment there where I thought it, he may have like quite badly hurt himself. That could be the end of the match, and this was like two minutes in. It's like the De- David attacked at the bell, which I don't. I think it's the first time he's yeah. done that in any of the Volta yeah, matches. Didn't, didn't wait for his introductions or anything. Just went straight after him. The the video package to to lead into the match was excellent. Um, in many ways, very similar to the Thatcher <laughs> Thatcher package, where it was yeah. like, I need to win this for all these reasons, and I need to win the whole tournament for all these reasons. Both guys said that. Both guys out first round. Both guys left thinking, what the hell do I do now? Probably um, should have recorded a video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was that. That's a special match. Like I, I'd need a while to think about it to to decide. Is that my favourite of their matches? Just because their bar is so high, hmm. it was, I thought it was easily the best match on on the show. The story, I think, it's probably the best match they've had. Yeah. Uh, whether the actual uh, work was as good as their best, I don't think it was. Yeah, it's one it was of those... a little loose, it was a little rough around the edges. But at the same time, I felt that kind of added to it as well because Star was so desperate to win that he just he was careless, really, but like in a good way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's there was all their matches have been intense, but like there in this one there was more desperation I think mm. than you've ever seen in any of their other matches because it you know like Star said in the video package he needed that and he built it up in his own mind that he this was the time and it had to be the time because if not now then when and then he loses again yeah. like this. The way I described this on, on our walk back was in previous matches, this had been, it had been a, the Volta match, but kind of the definitive Volta match with David Starr playing the best possible other guy in that role. I mean, you, you guys might say Ilya, but I think that's a slightly different type of match. Hmm. Um, and, you know, I prefer the Starr match, you prefer the Ilya match, it's much of a muchness in many ways. Um, this match, I thought this was a match all about star. Um, like usually, it's 
uh, a Volta match that Star like fits in really well. This was a Star match that Volta played a good foil for. If if anything, and this is partly due to just how high a bar he sets for himself every time he goes out there, I thought Volta perhaps had a very slight off day, um, but David was just so great and the story was so great that it almost didn't matter. There, there was a few chops that like didn't feel quite as like quite as accurate, quite as nailed on um, as you, you usually get from him. Um, there, there was one or one or two little spots that, like you said, they were very very slightly sloppy, and you know we we're only making a point of them because he's usually so perfect in that regard. Um, I thought that they both had the odd moment where they just they didn't quite do what they wanted to do, mm-hmm. and but I don't think it was in any way a detriment to the match. I've if anything, it's like, like when Star, for example, went up for a, a superplex mm-hmm. and that he was never going to hit anyway because he was going to get pushed up. But uh, like he stumbled on the ropes going up. Yeah. It just kind of, it almost told part of the story for him. So that he's so eager, he's so like keen to, to get that spot in that it causes him to stumble on the ropes. Mm-hmm. He could even say he did it on purpose. I mean, he didn't. But like he could <laughs> say he did as part of the story and I would be fine with it. Yeah. Yeah, this this is a special feud. Like, yeah, yeah. And in many ways, I'm. While the immediate reaction was me being bummed out, I am glad that it's still going because I don't want it to end because um, it is that great. Uh, and you know, it doesn't necessarily have to end when Star gets the first win, but it's it's going to be different from then on. Yeah. and it probably won't feel quite as special because everything's been building up to this first win. And instead of this match being the conclusion, this is just yet another amazing chapter. So that there is more to come. Which, uh, I mean, I could say I was celebrating that. <laughs> I, I was celebrating the fact that Volta You would be lying. But I love the storyline. Yeah. And the storyline is why I want Volta to keep winning, mm-hmm. because I, that's who I want to win, because that means we keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that match was good. Very, very good. So we've already made the, the comparisons to the, the Thatcher-Lucky Kid match in the... The story... The story's different. Vol- Star came in as this weird... Underdog... His character is the underdog constantly against Volta, but it was like... Just through natural storytelling beats, it was built up as like, this is the time the underdog finally gets the win. Thatcher went into the Lucky Kid match as a heavy favourite and just slipped up slightly and got rolled up and lost. In, you know, I I don't think this is any sort of, I wouldn't consider it a great match. It was a very good match, but it told the story that it wanted to tell perfectly. Yeah, they they had a better match last year. mm -hmm. The, The one last year was built around... Uh, lucky kid being uh, the underdog and coming very close mm-hmm. a number of times and establishing himself in, in the process of being uh, like somebody to that was a contender mm-hmm. the, um, that was more conclusive this one we got we almost got like the first two thirds of a match and then they just ended it because yeah, it the whole point of the match pin, was yeah. the shock of it yeah I was absolutely stunned Everyone was. The, the, that crowd reaction is what I definitely want to go back and see on VOD because in the moment it was 
it was special because it was everyone. It, it wasn't deflated because everyone in that crowd also loved Lucky. Yeah. But it was like, oh my god, that's wow. Wasn't expecting that, and, and that that was different to like the the Volta reaction because everyone kind of thought, well, when Volta and Star fight, Volta wins. Like we think this will probably be the time Star wins, but no one was like. I think the fact that it's the only match uh, from the first round that I got wrong. I think that kind of yeah. So I feel like I got got a really good handle on the, the booking <laughs> of all the matches until that, which is um, why I was so stunned. I'm still kind of shocked by it. It's just it, it just came out of nowhere. Sakamoto Ilya. I thought this was probably the second best match on night one. I think you might be leaning towards the, the Lucha I, match. Yeah, but. I think I'm, I mean, to be honest with you, the style of wrestling that I, that I prefer would be like Dragunov and Sakamoto, mm-hmm. and I love both of them, uh, especially Sakamoto. Uh, but the... I feel like the Lucha match, it was put on... They put it on second, and the, the crowd had had to sit through um, Dieter and Alani, which I thought was a bit of a drag. And yeah. then that match got the crowd awake mm-hmm. in a big way. Um, I don't think they'd have been better off starting the show with that, maybe. But, yeah, it was really strong. Um, it was really exciting. Uh, they're both... Uh, capable of doing some some just absolute crazy shit. Uh, <laughs> the things they did in this match. So there's there was a torneo uh, into an arm drag, which is one of the most perfect executions of that move that I've I've seen in quite some time. Uh, the technique was absolutely perfect. The over the turnbuckle dive from Ray Horace was beautiful. Um, he didn't quite land it flush, but Phoenix doing the run along the ropes and then the kick along yeah. the top rope, that was a great spot. Phoenix's moonsault was, that was pretty special too. Yeah, so he does, he does this insane moonsault, so much height on it. And Ray Horace, God love him. He had to kind of spring forward he, for yeah, that Yeah, he had to take a couple of big steps forward in order to, to make sure that he caught him on it. So fair play to him. Working safe and and uh, and getting that catch in there, but, but they did insane so stuff. That one. Yeah, yeah, they did a lot of crazy stuff in it. it like I said, I probably should prefer the, the Sakamoto match, but it's just the fact that they did so much stuff that was really memorable. Whereas I feel that uh, Sakamoto and Ilya was it. It was a very solid match. Sakamoto does all the basics like exceptionally well. Um, and he was all business in that match. He was very straightforward and to the point. And then he just got caught with the Torpedo Moscow. And that was the end of that. Which, it, I don't know. It, the trouble with, with Ilya's finish is it just it kind of feels like sometimes it just comes out of nothing. And there isn't yeah, really a Yeah, it's a very good finish. I've <laughs> said that multiple times at this point. Yeah, it, it doesn't really do it for me. Um, I almost... When he went for it in this match, though, I because I was kind of leaning towards Sakamoto mm. winning because I, I didn't think they'd have him go out first round, and you know obviously they have like well, everyone else. Because <laughs> if you look at it uh, from a perspective of those three favourites going out, they kind of had to have like your Volta's, your Ilias in there uh, to mm-hmm. bolster the 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 last few uh, rounds because you need that star power in there. Mm-hmm. 
whether one of them wins, I I think Dragunov has, has done it already, so it would kind of feel a bit redundant. But well, as is Volta, but it was a bit longer. Volta was it. quite some time ago. So it the, was twenty ten. Twenty ten. Last one. I think. Maybe. Not hundred percent sure. But yeah, it, even even if neither of them is winning, uh, it's somebody else. You still need that kind of star power to yeah. go late into the into the the tournament. Because the guy who does win it needs to get those like those big wins like there there's so so i watch a lot of darts and sorry to sorry to bring, <laughs> bring that up to, to the people who uh, will be completely eye rolling but what you do get occasionally in, in um like because because darts the dart circuit is set up into a load of like single elimination tournaments not completely dissimilar from like a, a 16 carat structure um and occasionally you'll get a tournament where a lot of the favourites go up first round, and the person who wins the tournament, they won't necessarily be be the guy who's really beaten anyone of high standard. They've kind of beaten the guys who upset earlier, and then it makes their win feel a little hollow. Mm-hmm. It's not as impressive, even though you know they they can only do what they can do. They beat everyone put in front of them, but they haven't beaten any of the big guys themselves. And it always makes that win feel a little hollow. Yeah. So by ha- you need those, you need some guys in there that are big names to beat, so that that win feels like it means as much as a 16 karat win should feel. Yeah, I still feel that Volta is the guy that I had in the final, losing to someone. It was supposed to be Tim. Mm-hmm. Now I, I assume whoever is winning is either Volta or whoever like beats Volta in the final. I can't see him not going to the final at this point. Yeah, I, I think he's pretty likely to beat Dieter Jr. in the semi-finals, would be mm-hmm. my, my guess. Um, well, based on Dieter's performance in that, that match with Alani, I'm not overly thrilled with him going deep into the tournament, but then he has got the history with Volta, so that should be good. Uh, um, I mean, it's only one more win. You know, we're at, we're at quarters now. Yeah, yeah. But um, I'm like I'm I'm looking at the rest of the field of who's in, and I'm not looking at both from a like almost the the kayfabe booking standpoint, but also the politics standpoint. Who else is left in that can beat him, really? Um, yeah. Whereas Volta, I think, is okay to lose to mm-hmm. whoever. I mean, they could do they could just do it as a as a quarterfinal match, but it feels more like a semi final to me. So who do you have winning? <laughs> Who's your pick now? I can't. I really want Avalanche to win. Yeah, like in in my written preview that I did, he was my the guy I called out as a as the, as a dark horse, and I'd love to see it. And he has that that history with Volta. He used to team with him mm-hmm. uh, as the outsiders. Um, I've been saying for <laughs> for years now. I think a couple of years ago, the year Ilya. Um, won the tournament, I predicted Avalanche to win the tournament. And he lost in the first round. And he lost in the first well, round. I lost in the first round, didn't I? Um, <laughs> You're doing well, Rob. I'm going to that. I, I've been saying, like, Avalanche has got a run in him. Then World Tag League, I managed to spray the field quite well. In the, At the end of World Tag League, on one of these podcasts, I, I think I said, lucky kid, they've gotten him over to, the, to a degree oh. where he could win Carrot. I mean, <laughs> I've, I've said this about enough, I've favoured enough people now that I've, I've got a decent chance of doing it. Could and, be, yeah, could be your best. Somehow, somehow I'll spread. still completely miss. Um, but it's, it's a tricky one, man. Like my, 
up until ilya hit that torpedo moscow, i was convinced like second motor was going to capture the torpedo moscow in ah in a german and german him back and he'd be going deep and then obviously i was just convinced it's kind of feel weird that they brought second motor over and just had him knocked out in the first round so i assume they'll do something with him it's every like it feels like they've been trying to get him over for a 16 character for a while and then they finally get him over and he's out first round like oh okay um, it, it's a weird one, man. Um, well, let, let's run through the, the other guys who who are through because we there are a couple of people we haven't mentioned. Uh, yeah, Shigehiro Irie, he's through. Beat Chris Brooks. Yeah, he doesn't feel like a winner. Uh, that was a pretty good match. Um, it was alright. The Avalanche we talked about Pentagon is still in. He beat Mark Davis. Yeah, that feels like a second round loss. Um, feels like we're getting Lucha Brothers tag. Yeah, uh, Ray Phoenix. Ray still. Phoenix is still in it, and Axel Dieter Jr. I think it's luckier Avalanche, or I guess Bolton. Or Bolton. Yeah. I would. I. I feel like if it, we're coming down to to betting, I think that Valtteri would probably be the favourite because you could kind of see him being in the final, and then it's whether he wins or not. Whereas the others, it's like you can see them all being in the final, but. Volter, I think it has to be. So. Like, I'm looking at, I'm thinking of Lucky now, and like, in my head, I can't see him ever beating Volter. Mm. Like, I don't see how that match works, because I don't think you have the, like, you don't really do the flash pin in the final of a tournament necessarily. I think that would, I don't know, maybe slightly cheapen it. Um, it works as a first round like big upset, but I don't think you do that in like a final where you're crowning like your new guy. So that kind of, and we both kind of agree, and Volta's making the the fi- final. So I'm guessing, I, I I'm going for Avalanche at this point, but it's you know my my prediction haven't gone well so far. So they, yeah. that that means that um, Pentagon's me. winning. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, well, congratulations, Pentagon Jr. on his 16 character victory. Yeah, it's it's really tough to predict. Um, says the guy who got like all bar one of the first round matches right, but it's the one that I had winning the tournament that mm-hmm. I got wrong. So yeah, no, they've they, they put us in an interesting position going into day two. I, I'm really excited to see where we where we end up. It's certainly not where we thought we were going to end up because all the storylines I had in my head are all gone because uh, there's no Thatcher. So, yeah. It's a decent nice wrestling, though. But, uh, it was good. Ended, ended strong. Ended well, strong. Which is what you want. I felt like on paper some of the matches were better than they turned out. I thought Pentagon and Mark Davis, for example, I thought was a little bit disappointing. I thought that would have been... I felt like it was going to be an interesting match, but like it wasn't. They didn't really mesh very well. No, they did, was didn't. I very gel. disappointed in Avalanche. Yeah, I thought that was like a that was an actively bad match. It was a gimmicky like, match. Like, I don't think you can really blame either of the guys for that. It was the way well, it was put together. It, 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 I guess it all depends on who was the guy who structured it. Mm-hmm. it that's like a, a direct. But like the they had like a long crowd brawling match. Um, to the degree that like a lot of it was on the screen, them going through like the what looked like like the catacombs of the turbos and the room. <laughs> um, but like they weren't even doing anything interesting there. They were just kind of wandering through there, 
taking it in turns to hit each other while well, we the stagger. Best, best spot they did was at ringside where um, uh, you threw Avalanche onto the uh, like that temporary stand. Like the finish was kind of cool. Like I, I enjoy a Vader bomb. Um, but I barely see it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it felt like it never got going really. Actually, uh, Junior Marasalani kind of oh, sucked. I didn't like it. Uh, alternate four way was very sloppy. Yeah, well, the alternate four at least um, you had Vite Muller. It ended well, and Vite is very over, which yeah. is nice to see. But uh, Julian Pace did not have a good match. No, no. not at all. He. He kind of pulled it together towards the end a bit, but the first like half some of the match, he was some of the stuff all was really good. So like he did the um, the double drop kick uh, on the two guys and like bounced off uh, uh, the ropes at high speed and changed directions on two people at the same time, and that was really cool. Uh, but then he did a couple of things that were just well bad. Yeah. Just that right bad. But um would be the Erio Brooks match, but then that wasn't That's uh, not a huge match to talk about. It was it was solid. They did a um, little bit of comedy at the start that was pretty good. Uh Pounce was good. I liked Erie's uh, big splash off the top right where he mm-hmm. bounced and like actually flipped over and ended up on his back. Yeah, almost a, a Rob Van Damme esque <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. splash deal. Yeah, um I I, I was happy to see how over Erie was. Um, because he's been working on it. He's been over here working on it. He's been gradually and... getting more and more over, and it's, it's kind of paying off here. Because when he did first come in, he was, you know, he got the polite reception, but well, how not many a people huge watch DDT? Exactly. I, like, I mean, I like DDT, but then I, I watch a lot more wrestling than, than your average most people Joe. should. Yeah, <laughs> from different companies. Whereas, like, I. If you watch Japanese wrestling, how many people watch anything beyond New Japan? Mm-hmm. It's and it's if a they very do, niche market. If they do, it's DDT is not re- usually for a Westerner the, the second choice. No, it's a very popular promotion in, in Japan. Mm-hmm. So it's a very Japanese promotion. It is. It's a bit weird. But um, yeah, the the takeaway I would I would have from that is like Ire was was more over than I was expecting him to be and. Because of that, I now see him as a guy who, before I had him pegged as like a second round loss, now mm. I can see him making semis, but I don't really see him as a finalist. Yeah, Mike had him in the semis. I, I kind of wasn't sure about that when he said it, but you can kind of see it. You can kind of see it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, see you again in to after party and we've had well you've had a four show day Woo. I've had a three show day because I'm a coward coward um, <laughs> I, a, I wasn't at cult so that's an, amazing, that's an amazing introduction Rob I'm, I'm good aren't I yeah uh, so recording this at like uh, it says 140 on your laptop that's yeah but it, it's, it, it, it's it hasn't adjusted across time zones yeah it's 240 it's nearly three in the morning so we went to the after party for like uh like an hour and a half, I guess. Um, it, 
Yeah, it was a little different to usual. So like, uh, it wasn't in the the normal part of the turbulent hall. It was in uh, uh, Cosmo, which is like a nightclub, mm-hmm. which is also in the turbulent hall because it's an enormous building. There's uh, an unlimited amount of rooms in there. Yeah, I I keep being surprised at places that we've unearthed that we've never been in before. It's like. Oh, here's the other part of the Turban Hall you've never seen. Well, um, and another part. And the, another part. In the uh, Avalanche Yearn match, they seem to brawl like forever in a direction and never reach the edge. And I didn't really recognise any of the places they went to. Pretty sure they were in like some catacombs. They were in the building somewhere. So they had to have brought from one. Anyway, <laughs> kind of getting off the point. So um, uh, Rob was a coward. Uh, so he stayed in bed this morning, and I went to wrestling court, uh, the Cult Temple, uh, which is a building uh, that's incredibly close to the Turban in Harlem. It's if you go in the the old uh, Turban in Harlem entrance to. Uh, like past carrots and tag leagues it's basically opposite and um, you can get about 200 people in there uh, so we were in there at like 10 in the morning uh, I'm going to say I did prefer the Zentrum Altenburg uh, over on the other side of town that we went to last year uh, because it was more spacious and less people could be fucked to walk across town to go to it so it was empty and it was really easy to get near the ring. Whereas this one was absolutely jam-packed full. And there was like 250, 300 people in there. Uh, so it was kind of busy. I want less wrestling fans at shows. I, basically, yeah. If wrestling could go shit so I can get near the ring, that would be great. Um, so yeah, Cold Temple. Very weird place. Uh, it looks like hell. It's got lots of red lights and uh, dead aliens, dead aliens, and like painted fake windows, uh, like stained glass windows on the walls. And you have to pay six euros for drinks, even if you don't drink them. But if you do drink them, you have to pay for them. And then if you go over the six euros, they mark it down on a card. Germany's very weird for like, like drinks cards and, and bonds and so there's no cash bars in anywhere that serves alcohol. It's very weird. So yeah, we started out at ten in the morning. What? Oh yeah, no, I started out at ten in the morning. Um, I got to see Schwenger Club versus Holland's Glory. I'm just going to skip that. To be honest, I Mort enjoyed it. He referred to it as the penis match. Take from that what you will. Uh, there was a four-way dance with Vinny Vortex, Matthias Bernstein, Timo Dice, and Kevin Roadster, former Alpha Kevin in WXW. Uh, Bernstein has a clean freak gimmick that uh, everyone really likes. There was a big brawl between uh, Julian Pace and Norman Harris. Uh, Norman Harris, who won the bowling last night, fair play to him. Uh, the one match on this show that I would say that you need to go and see is Sean Custom, uh, Senza Volta and Robbie X in a triple threat match. This was like the WrestleGate Pro 
match that was originally had Ricky Knight in, uh, where they put Robbie in there instead. Uh, I thought this was really good. There were some innovative spots, some crazy dives, considering the space they had to work with. Robbie, uh, every time he went up to the top rope, was very concerned about the disco ball that hangs over the ring. Didn't hit it, though. Fair play. And then there was three matches after that in the, like, the second half. Uh, Melanie Gray losing her cult title, uh, women of cult title, should I say, to uh, Amelie Winchester. And to make amends for the fact that they gave a title to a French person, the other French champion that they have, Tristan Archer, lost his belt to Bad Bones in a triple threat main event, which was bad. And also Carnage was on the show, and that, that was also bad. And that brings us up to Ambition, where you came in wrong. Yeah, I, from the sounds of that, I don't think I made the wrong decision, really. I kind of enjoyed Cult, because it was like a... Uh, a different building and a different environment. Better than Deutschland. Uh, I was, yeah, it was a better show than Deutschland. No doubt about that. Not no doubt at all. And that one match did really stand out. The uh, the triple threat. They mm-hmm. did a lot of good stuff in it. Um, I'll have to go back and check that one out. Yeah, I. Like you said to me, like it might just be that it was a, a good match on a show full of bad matches that it made it feel important, but uh, I, I really enjoyed it. But then we went back over to um, like the good part of town. It's across the road, isn't it? What am I thinking? I was thinking last year with the Zentrum Mountain Boat. Yeah, we just walked across the road, basically. <laughs> so instead of like a half-hour trek uh, like we did uh, in 2018, it was just across the road, back into the Turban and Harlow for Ambition 10. Um, you enjoy it? Ambition? Overall, yes. I'm, I'm not like a big shoot star guy. Mm, it's no, not I'm, my I'm style. Not. Um, but like, I... It's when, it, when it's very, done well, it's, yeah, it's good. It's I'm very rarely thing. like absolutely blown away by it. But like a lot of a lot of like good shoot star, like come away going... Oh, that was neat. That that was cool. I quite enjoyed that. They're like, it's not really something that's gonna like really stick with me. Um, but in the in the moment, I I enjoy it. And generally, especially with what um, they do, uh, ambition, it's a lot of short, impactful matches. So like, they don't have time to get boring for the most part, which it's is a show. Plus. As a show, it's it's very short as well. So mm-hmm. you kind of get in and get out and. And I'm fine with that. They spend some time on the bigger matches, like the super fight with Tim Thatcher and uh, Yuki Ishikawa that, that went a little longer than all the, ma- the, the other matches. Um, I thought there were, there were three matches on the show that were really good. Two of them had Chris Ridgway in, because mm-hmm. he's quite good at this. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one with A-Kid made me... <laughs> it made me look back at the way the tournament was booked. And if... They had to do it over again. I would have put Ridgeway and A Kid as the final, so they could have wrestled like through the tournament and then also done something more elaborate than what they did in the final. Because I thought that was the best match. Yeah, I I agree. Um, and then definitely best match of the tournament. Um, the the super fight would be the one I'd put in contention for it. Yeah. 
But yeah, of the tournament, definitely the best one. Um, and then I thought the semi his Ridgeway semi final was yeah the one with the Shigahira area. Mm-hmm. That was you know fairly comfortably in in second place in terms yeah. of the tournament. So a, a good showing for him, definitely. And you know it. it Ambition is something he's clearly been very excited to be a part of because he, I think he came over last year yeah. just to watch. Yeah, he was just hanging out in the, uh, with all the boys upstairs. I don't think he even worked that weekend. He didn't work anywhere else. He just kind of came over and hung around. Yeah, so he didn't work last year, but he, he watched Ambition, was like blown away by it. So I think he was since then, he had. The Tetsujian win, or was that briefly before? I don't know the exact timeline on that. I'm really not sure. You know, he, he's a guy who's, who's dabbled in, in shoot style before, and you know it plays up to his strengths, and he, he really delivered here. To be honest, I thought he was a lot better here than he was in Tetsujian. I think Tetsujian uh, was the second one he won. I don't remember. It wasn't uh, the first one. Yeah, there was only been two. So. Oh, well, there we go. Yeah, he won the second one. Uh, the, um, the second Tetsujian, I thought, was a mixed bag. Um, and there wasn't anything that really delivered in a big way. Whereas at this show, I thought, especially Ridgeway, I thought did really well. Uh, it's a shame my kid went out in the first round because, like I said, like I thought he was the second best guy in the tournament, and he only had like one match in it. Um, Irio was also really good. Um, Rico Bushido, if he wasn't so high, probably would have had like a a, a decent showing. He had like parts of his matches that were good. Yeah. Was, um, but a lot of the a lot of the finishes came off. To be honest, I like the final. Um with Rico Bushido and, and Irie. Yeah, that worked. Yeah, that he, was that was Rico's best match. Yeah. Of, yeah. of his three. Right. He he did a lot of the early match well and then like it's not that the like the finish came out of nowhere because that's that's like shoot style's fine for that. That's Almost part of it. It's just it. It, it just felt underwhelming, really. Yeah. Well, he beat Vod Muller in the in the first round, and he kind of hit him with the head kick, and and Vod just fell on his face, and and that was that was it. Mm. But it didn't look in any way devastating. No, like I, I booking wise, I think they like to do that early in the show because that, that was the opener, right? Yeah, it's first match. Um, and they they like to like present. In, on this show, any move can completely end it, just like that. So you need to be constantly tuned in all the way through. But yeah, as you said, it didn't like it didn't necessarily have the impact. And I thought the uh, his semi final where he he won by knockout with a gut kick. Yeah, against not Austria. Having, yeah, and he hadn't worked the guts particularly before that either. It was, I it was a bit deflating. And I, I don't think they were necessarily going for that. They weren't going for like a, an unpopular heel run through the tournament. That's like not no. really what they were going for. I don't think they really thought that, that the end of that match through. Uh, how do you feel about uh, the super fight, the Tim Thatcher Yuki Ishikawa match? So I kind of preferred the tag. Yeah, they had in I can say the same thing. It, it was good and it was like a nice showcase, but like as a as a match, I don't think it fully held together. Like I think thought his age showed more here than it did in the yeah. tag. Well, that's the great thing about the tag yeah. is he could come in and out when he needed to, and it really showed his strengths and it hid his weaknesses. There were right. lots of little things in this where you're like, oh, that's cool, 
that's like a really cool transition he's done there. That's um, that's that's a really nice counter as a way out of that, but as like a whole package, like it was it was enjoyable, and I'm glad I saw it, but I don't think it was any sort of great match. Yeah, it's not the kind of thing I want to watch again. Whereas like that match from from Inner Circle, I kind of. If somebody turned around to me and went, oh, do you want to watch that match from in a circle? I'd be like, no, oh, well, no. <laughs> let's, let's bang it on and, uh, and and see how it holds up. Whereas, whereas the match that he had with Tim at, uh, at Ambition, I'd be like, eh, I probably don't want to watch that again. It was it was all right. I enjoyed it. Uh, it. It was a good showcase for him. But I thought it was better at in a circle where he could come in and out and and do his stuff and then come out and, and somebody else goes to work. That was a really good tag. <laughs> I've, I've gained appreciation for it based on what I've seen from everyone involved in it since. It just, that tag was really well put together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that was Ambition. Uh, Eerie one. Do you think that was the right call? Um, I, going in, I was thinking Vite Muller. Um, I think, I think we all think Vite Muller. It yeah. kind of made sense from a... I think one of those two was like the logical choice because it's elevating a guy who's around a lot, giving him a win, and you know we, we always talk about how it's, it's like half canon. Yeah, it, it, I mean, Tim Thatcher mentions that he won it yeah. last year. Um, but a lot of times storylines don't carry into it. But they sometimes carry out of it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. Um, <laughs> it's like if you lose, it doesn't mean anything. No, but if, if you win, like, you can kind of it's like a, work on that. A different sport, almost that they're presenting. It's like uh, if, yeah. like if um, I'm trying to think of another. It's almost like MMA. Like if uh, you have somebody who's successful in MMA and they come over to wrestling. Or do like a, a kickboxing fight or something. Yeah. Like, you, or Mark Henry doing World's Strongest Man. It's like you show that and then go, and now he's going to take that into this. Mm-hmm. And that's very much what uh, Tim Thatcher was doing. But you, you don't necessarily uh, need to do well. And I don't think Voight is going to suffer at all just because no. he lost that match. But I think Erie might get in the middle because it's a nice little thing to have on the resume. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's fair. Irie is is very good at what he does. It, look, I feel he's very underrated for his maths work, and he kind of showed that over the course of that match. Interestingly, I thought he he was the person in the tournament who wrestled like the least shoot styling. Mm-hmm. In that, you know, he was doing more traditional wrestling. He was mixing the mix. Sure like, he, he did a power, power power driver. He did a DVD. Yeah. And he did, um, uh, he did, uh, he was in a sleeper hold and he did a cannonball into the corner. Yeah, but he did do everything very quickly so that yeah. it felt logical. It, 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 felt it worked, okay. it, it worked in the context, but it was like, he was the, the one race wrestling closest to his normal style compared yeah. to everyone else. But I feel like he has a lot of elements of, yeah. of Matt work in his normal style that don't get noticed so much because he tends to be like a power guy mm-hmm. and the fact that we saw him wrestle later on the day against uh, Avalanche mm-hmm. in like one of those those big lads clashes I think that 
was a, a better showcase for him because that's like him at his best. But he is also very good at the matter work. So it's a chance for him to show that too. I think they've really appreciated how good he is uh, while he's been over here. And I'm, I'm glad that he's had the chance to do that. Mm-hmm. He's a good guy. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Wrestling Deutschland, which was the next show, we missed like... We missed the Battle Royal at the start and we missed most of the the six-man tag Made that came academy from, guys. from the academy guys, uh, including Rotation, uh, Vinnie Vortex, Norman Harris, and uh, uh, Regal's son was in that match. So I'm, I'm kind of sad that I missed it, mm-hmm. apart from the, the end bit, because uh, I really wanted to watch him work. And uh, from, from what other people were saying, it's probably... The, what, the second best match on the show, if not the best match, which yeah. I think will be depends on you. Yeah, because we kind of got into Pretty Bastards versus uh, Isitoff and Sadistico just because it was funny. Yeah, it's like shock horror. I I was really into a comedy match, um, which makes a nice change. But yeah, Sadistico who win. Barely so this Sasuke now. It's Sasuke. Yeah, yeah. We're definitely sure <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, who knew that guy's calling was as as a comedy guy? As a masked comedy guy. <laughs> who comes out in a, a black leather, like, full body suit. Gim suit. And uh, <laughs> a black leather mask over his regular mask. So, yeah, de- definitely looks like a gimp coming out and then takes all that off and is kind of just in lucha garb. Um, and who's the guy he's teaming with? Isotov. Uh, Isotov. Uh, kind of playing the straight man to, to his, his comedy guy and they just had a really good um, back and forth there. Pretty Bastards are a decent tag team. I don't think they're setting the world on fire or anything. Arrows are hungry like a much better version of them. But um, This match wasn't about them though. This no, was no, a, no. a match built about the, the comedy. And you know, I I enjoyed it, which is more than I can say for that's the vast majority. I like I un- unironically um, enjoyed that. Whereas there are a few things that I ironically enjoyed a little bit, like um, <laughs> our favourite uh, cowboy versus monk clash, which was... Yeah, I didn't really get that. Uh, it was what, Brother Chaos? Brother who, Chaos. Who I've referred to as Friar Fuck. Um, and then Chase. The cowboy's name is Chase Jenkins. Chase Jenkins. Which is a terrible name. So we've given him another one, uh, thanks to uh, Brian... I can't remember his surname. Brian, the American Brian. Announcer uh, Brian. Was an announcer for Nova Pro uh, until, like, last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he called him Jake Steakhouse, <laughs> which... Um, which has stuck. It's stuck, and I we just thought it was really funny, and we were, we were kind of laughing about it afterwards. To the point where we were saying McDonald's, uh, giggling about his uh, his his name, which isn't actually his name, and suggesting that we try and interview him and ask him questions about uh, what it was like to be Jake Jake Steakhouse, <laughs> and, and he'd be like, "Oh, my my name's Chase." So Jake, where did, where did you come up with the name Steakhouse? <laughs> and and this went on to the point where we were giggling at McDonald's and like German people were staring at us. <laughs> So that was fun. That was like the most fun we had with this show. That's because... the, the delirium <laughs> that this show caused because 
like, yeah, you realise how how sport you are by WXW when you you witness what the rest of German wrestling's like. I have watched other shows from Germany, and I I feel like WXW is is quite a distance ahead of everyone else. Then you've got GWF, who are also quite good and seem to do quite well with like a lower standard of wrestlers. They seem to get better matches out of worse workers. And then you get down into the into the dregs of uh, German wrestling, which is well, it's pretty much everything else. And where CMJ did really well last year was uh, putting on matches that worked heavily with character. Um, in particular, Lucas Robinson and Matthias Bernstein. And I believe they were both in the battle royal that we missed. Um, but the rest of this show is very much a case of trying to put on work right matches that just weren't very good. The tag with, with Jake Steakhouse in, um, <laughs> it was, um, it was like the worst match on the show. And there was a lot of other bad stuff. And I thought the main event was awful. Yeah, it's something when Carnage is the better half of a match. Yeah. Bad, bad Bones is... Oof, check behind me. Um, he's... He's putting an interesting level of effort in right now. Um, it confuses me, the effort that he puts in, because some... Even this morning at the cult show... Like he went through the match being very, very lazy and uh, basing himself on uh, 90s, what well, very early 90s WWF house show work rate. And then he took two bumps dead on his neck. And I was like, okay, so the match is going to pick up at this point. And then he just went back to doing what he was doing before. And it was dull. And the match with Carnage was even worse because Carnage was in it. So it was, it was like just kind of amplifies how, how, how bad everything was. Yeah, this is the, the first time I've really seen Bones that I can remember. I've probably seen him once or twice, but the uh, first time in quite a while um, since he's left WXW. And he's currently doing a Jay Lethal-esque well, Jay Lethal Light, Macho Man, Randy Savage rip-off gimmick. I feel like he got drunk, went out, ordered that jacket, and now he's stuck with it, and he just was like, well, I might as well do the gimmick. He's just he's just thought, and he's gone, Macho Madness, Macho Badness. Genius, yes. And um, they've, they've um, strapped him up. Because they've gone, you know what? That is a genius gimmick. Let's please I, carry out company. I have nothing to say about my close personal friend John Klinger, and I wish him all the best in his work. Mm. Is he here, Rob? Don't. He spent most of the day. He spent most of the day standing very close to me, and it's been quite terrifying. Yeah. I mean, I mean assured by several people that he's a lovely human being and by several others that he's not so <laughs> i don't know what to believe and i'm, I'm yeah but um well he didn't come back to wxw so that, that's a bonus i guess yet 
Yes. Um, I don't think he will then. So, night two of Karis. Night two, traditionally the night where they, they do a lot of... Um, I want to say fan-friendly stuff. It's like night two. Sometimes you get sent home happy on night three as well because um, the powers that be decide that rice pudding is okay to two nights out of three. But night two is the one that, because it goes leads into the after party, they tend to have a happy ending. And I wasn't entirely sure that was going to happen, but they kind of did it anyway with, uh, with Bobby Guns winning the title off uh, Absolute Andy. And this is another curse of the video package thing. And it isn't so much with the first round of, of Carrot where Star had a video package and lost. Tim had a video package and lost. In this one, Bobby and, and uh, Vinny Vortex had a video package that suggested a heel turn and some kind of major angle. And then it just didn't happen. And instead, Bobby just won the title. Uh, I actually think that's the right thing to do. I didn't think it's what they were going to do, but I think it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, I'm always somewhat hesitant to to lean into the, if it got a good reaction on the night, it's the right decision in the long term. But this got such a good um, decision on the night, and I suspect this title run is going to be relatively short term anyway. So I I definitely like don't see a problem with it. Andy's ha was having a a great run on top, but I felt he like can I'm... still do what he's doing now. He's kind of he's he gained a level of legitimacy that's yeah. going to last for a while that he yeah. didn't have before getting the title. Yeah, but absolutely. He's going to have going out of it. Um, so he doesn't necessarily need the belt now. And for Bobby, I think if he lost here decisively. That would have been painful. That's kind of puts a ceiling on his career because I think I can't see him peaking this high again popularity-wise. It's already potentially down a little from where it was a few months ago. Or, yeah. You know, you well, watch you watch the reaction, you, <laughs> that might point a, a directly against it. But Well, I was talking to uh, Grazer at the interval, at the intermission, and we were talking about how, like, there's only two times uh, during the year that you can really put the belt on somebody who is who's become a uh, a big star based on the big uh, international support. Because I feel Bobby Guns was well liked by the German uh, fans, but like it's been amplified by the 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 fans that fly over for the big uh, mm -hmm. the two big weekends. And if you didn't change the title here and give him the shot, I think it's never going to happen. Yeah, because the next opportunity is World Tag League, and that would mean he's had three in a row mm. of title shots at the, these big tournaments. Um, yeah, it, it kind of had to be now if it was going to be done. And, you know... I think it was the right, the, the right thing to do. I mean, I, yeah. I predicted that, that Andy was going to retain because I thought there was going to be shenanigans, but... Based on what happened, I, I'm glad that the shenanigans were basically a swerve, much mm -hmm. like Star is a swerve and Tim was a swerve. <laughs> we've, we've been triple swerved by uh, by uh, Tass this weekend. Yeah, like, um, if I'm completely honest, 
while, while the, the argument is like if you don't strap him up now you you probably shouldn't I also wouldn't have completely minded that I enjoyed seeing the reaction um, but like I'm, I've never been a big Bobby Guns fan personally but uh, no, he's it's... obviously very po- popular so yeah I'm fine with it I mean I went down to uh, be in the crowd for, for the, the main event and um I've never been a, a particularly big Bobby Guns fan. I'm probably higher on him than you are, mm-hmm. but not by a long way. Uh, whereas a lot of the, the guys that were down there love Bobby Guns. So I kind of wanted to be among them to experience like how happy they would be if he won or how miserable they would be if he lost, which uh, that would have been the experience. So I said to you, like, I was going down for the main event because I, I wanted to kind of be in, in that. And during the match, that meant an awful lot of chanting, which I, I don't know if it was that, right, that was the right thing to do from like a, a fan perspective. But um, the genuine happiness when he won is something that I haven't seen in quite some time. People were, were, were jumping for joy. They were, they were hugging each other. They were carrying on chanting because they were so happy um so obviously it was the right thing to do it was a very satisfying match it was built fairly simply and it was all built towards guns eventually getting that catching andy fully andy having no no more um ways out that he's used so many times in the past um because you know paths allowed a low blow yeah you know what i know i've missed so you do low blows so many times that i'm gonna let this one go it was that see no evil thing where he covered covered his eyes yeah and you know i've 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 kind of slagged him off a little bit in the past um i've seen all the the bobby guns matches this was actually my favorite of his now i'm not i wasn't like blown away away by it but i I thought this was you know a very good match um helped by the atmosphere um that there was a lot of debate live and like immediately following about you know how inorganic this this one felt because it was like a repeat of the the champ match that he had with Ilya. Um, but I actually thought this time there was more reaction to the actual spots. Like it was like half the crowd doing the chants and the other half actually reacting. Yeah. And that kind of led to a, a balance where, for me at least, it, it, it was more connected to the actual action going on in the room. Yeah, I get that. Because like they would react to, to spots and then start chanting again. Mm-hmm. Um so instead of it being a continuous chant, it'd be like they'd be chanting away, but watching the match, and then a spot would happen, and you'd miss like the like one sequence out of the chant, and then they start chanting again because they were still like into the whole process, but they they were paying attention as well. And that didn't really happen with the match. I don't think so. I don't think anyone was watching that match at all. I was, because <laughs> <laughs> I uh, you know. I don't have those emotion things. Yeah. Um, don't get caught up in such such foolhardiness. So I thought that went well. Also, uh, the first half of this show I thought was, was very strong. 
So it started out. With, I think you're a little higher on it than me, but it was it was good stuff. Well, it started out with a tag with uh, Killer Kelly and you against Tony Storm and Vesner, and I felt that they needed to make Kelly a little bit stronger going into her title shot tomorrow. So she pinned Vesner, which I don't think you can make her stronger than that. Like. Yeah, this was this was a good match that kind of let down a bit by the finish, just because Kelly really struggled with that Death Valley driver. Yeah. Twice. <laughs> Well, yeah, to be fair, like that is like quite a lot of size to, to pick up. Then don't have that be the finish then if you can't do it. Well, she did it eventually. Like, no, she didn't time. really. No, well, Vesna kind of jumped up and then immediately fell. She kind of rolled over the top of the standing head. But we, we got to the, the point that we needed to get to. Yeah, it did look that. good though. <laughs> Fuck's sake, bro. Uh, so that, that was fine with me. Um, I really liked um, Ilya Dragunov and Pentagon Junior. It was solid. I'm, I'm yeah. not super high on either guy. No. I but enjoyed you, it. But the crowd did. The crowd did very The crowd it. definitely enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, I liked it for what it's worth. And it, it, was, it was an atmosphere match, definitely. Oh, yeah. Because both of these, those guys are atmosphere wrestlers. So in, like, that, in that way, they, they played into each other. It felt like they were kind of ticking the box with Killer Kelly getting that win, but once you get into the tournament matches... They were really like delivering for for the crowd, and they kind of got some variety in there as well because they went from that match, which was very uh, charisma driven, uh, to Avalanche and, and Erie in the second match, which was uh, like your, your big lads match, mm-hmm. and they kind of barreled into each other. In particular, I really liked the the corner to corner stuff. Uh, where like one guy whips the other into the corner and then they they, they follow in and then they go to, to run across the ring to hit another spot and they kept cutting each other off and they they did that like three times and it was I thought it was really well done. Um, I'm happy for Avalanche uh, advancing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the ones that I called and I'm pleased that I did. Like he's uh, it's not like we've been saying he's been due a run and. I think he he looked a lot better here than he did against Yearn on night one. I think this is more like this was an avalanche match. Yeah. With Erie, whereas the Yearn match was very much. It was one of these uh, matches that um, Yearn Simmons can shine in, but it depends on his opponent. Whereas I don't, I felt it took avalanche out of his game. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas this was very much an avalanche match. It was good. Uh, they followed that with a four-way with, um, I was quite surprised Julian Pace managed to pick up a win with uh, Ray Horace, Chris Brooks and Daisuke Sakamoto. Well, it made sense for the post-match. Yeah, but it made sense afterwards because he was attacked by Emil Satoshi coming back. Um, I prefer Satoshi as a baby face for what it's worth. Uh, yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. Like, Are they going to are they gonna reference him abandoning Avalanche are they going to like give a reason for that it, it seems a bit weird and they just kind of slap the reset with no real reason but you know we'll, we'll see I guess I assume there's a, a story planned for that otherwise they wouldn't have thrown it out on Carrot because it's it must be of some importance feels like a bit of a retread of the um, Satoshi rotation feud yeah with, like pace it's funny you should say that because um 
just after that happened, I was actually standing next to Rotation, mm-hmm. and I said, um, "Why is he so mean?" And uh, Rotation said, "He must be having a midlife crisis because he did the same thing to me three years ago." So, <laughs> so there you go. Uh, for what it's worth, really liked that match. There was a, a good mixture of of guys, different uh, different skills, uh, different approaches to wrestling, pace. Very fast, Horace bringing uh, the, the high spots, uh, Brooks the structure, and Sakamoto the uh, the strength. Um, I thought they did a really good job on this match. Yeah, if you contrast this to the full weight on night one, which also had pace in, he looks yeah, so much better. Yeah, that wasn't a good there. match. The, he the was so sloppy one. there, and then here he was... I'm not going to say perfect, because there were one or two two things that... He's still still trying to go at 100 miles an hour, which is the gimmick. So I can kind of kind of forgive that. But you know, he he looked he definitely looked good here. This this was the the Julian pace you want to see. Yeah. So I I really liked that match, and it was followed by uh, Phoenix and and Volta. This was the the first match that I was really high on. I I loved it. I thought this was fairly comfortably best match of the night. Oh yeah, yeah, I Um, had that as match of the night, no problem at all. The the way they've since the, the the end of the star match they've lent into Volta Volta being on the the heel side of things is is wonderful because he's not he's not necessarily doing anything you know he's not resorting to cheating or anything he's just doing things that kind of make you go do you need to do that really like he's you're Volta you've, yeah. you've been a bit of a dick here like he was being a bit of a dick he ripped the mask. And then the finish was him with, with Phoenix's mask being like crazily ripped. They actually had to replace it midway through the match because I think they they over ripped it and it kept falling off Phoenix completely. It fell off twice. It um, fell off on a big super bomb. Yeah. And then on a, I think it was a, like a springboard into the ring, a, sp- a slingshot cutter or something. Yeah. And the, so. the mask popped off again. <laughs> He's a bit pissed off at that point. <laughs> that he lost his mask. For, for someone like Froom, I, I can't. I didn't actually see who it was. He came out of the crowd, but yeah. I, I assume it was somebody from the crew threw him a mask. Mm-hmm. And he, he put that on. And then Volta ripped that one as well, um, but not as heavily. And then the the finish was um, Phoenix was in the Kajira clutch, and he was just starting to to like break out of it, and then. Volta like yanks at the mask a little bit. Phoenix has to like go to like pull it back down, and in that second, it allows Volta to like. I think he he um, wraps the leg around there, like properly traps him in. So at that point, there's there's absolutely no way out, and that's the finish. But Ray uh, Ray Phoenix in this match, like his his ability, his comfort on the ropes is something I've like I don't think I've ever seen from anyone. He does extremely difficult spots and change them together. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Some of the springboard stuff that he does is out of this world. It's so difficult. Like his, his sheer balance unrivaled, I think. But it's not only that, it's the fact that he's, he's not just doing flips. No. And he's never been just a flips guy. He's technically very strong. His strikes look great. He outdropped Volta in this match. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is the second time. So, like, Volta has had two matches in this tournament and he's not been the best wrestler in either of them. 
I think the but that's also been the story of both the matches yes. <laughs> where he's been because usually Volta is this unstoppable force that just dominates people and wins in both his matches so far he's been presented as not like strongly the worst wrestler no. slightly worse who's got a little bit lucky to manage to get the win in both matches with the first one star you know blowing his load early thinking he'd won and then getting trapped because um, of the foot on the rope and then the second one it's like well if 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 Phoenix didn't wear a mask didn't have that to worry about maybe he wins that one uh, that's kind of the story it felt like they're going for and it's, it's definitely an interesting one for Volta and almost it, a it new feel, one you don't see a lot it does feel like a tournament arc yeah for Volta which makes me think again that he's going to be in the final mm-hmm. whether he wins or not is up for debate but um, I think to be honest, I think he's been very good, and the fact that the two best matches in the tournament have been Volta matches is not a coincidence. Um, but yeah, great performance from from Phoenix. Uh, just oh, he's just so good. He's so good. Um, then we had Lucky Kid and Axel Dieter. Uh, I. We were both really down on this for the first half because it was very methodical. It picked up, but not enough. It picked up towards the end. They did a lot of false finishes, and I love the fact that the finish was lucky winning. But I, even on the finish, I, I thought Axel looked bad. He was yeah, not in almost the... cumbersome. Yeah, yeah, he, he was really struggling out there. And I don't know if this, it's solely because of the work schedule that he's been on, which is like the Largo loop where he doesn't have to be that good. But he's not been very good uh, in this tournament. And he's... Now, now this is always going to happen just because the first time you come back, you're going to get a... You're always going to get a, a bigger, like mm. almost welcome back pop than yeah, yeah. the second night. But he has got noticeably less popular. Like going into this tournament, the crowd really wanted Lucky Kid to win that match. But going into into this tournament, if this was a first round match before they'd seen anything, I reckon that's a fifty fifty crowd. He would very remember the beginning beginning of the um, tournament when everyone's walking out. Lucky Kid was a supremely popular, but so was Axel. Mm-hmm. This match, everyone was in favour of Lucky. Well, he got him in the crossface, and the crowd were chanting like tap. Because they wanted him to, to quit because they wanted Lucky Kid mm-hmm. in the tournament and at that point, not Axel. And I completely agree with them because <laughs> I, I don't feel Axel Dieter's has done well. It may even be deliberate, to be honest. Uh, I don't think so, but yeah. I don't know, it's hard to say. Because if you got the the, the more heelish Axel data that we had before he moved over to, to Florida. Um, he was a lot better than this. Yeah. And it almost feels like he's he's been brought into this tournament for name value, but not to overshadow anyone. I, if that is is the case, I I, I doubt that it is. In that, like he's. I'm just throwing it out there as a possibility. I, I think either it's if it's if it's his decision to do that, then I think that's him not being very good at his job. If you have to perform at a lower level to get your character over, 
then that's you not being very good at getting your character over because if you are good at your character getting your character over you can do it at while performing at a high level and if it's a company directive then i think that's a poor poor take from them um or lack of faith in him being able to get over as a heel while still putting on entertaining matches because well, maybe they were worried that um he was getting a lot of uh, positive reactions the the crowd would be split with lucky kid and they wanted a positive reaction for lucky kid and that's why it was as it was well again you can put on a good match while getting heel heat yeah i don't know i'm just throwing it out there but i wasn't massively impressed with it but i was very happy that the crowd responded like they did to lucky kid Mm-hmm. Uh, because there's definitely a, a tournament art going on with him as well and I'm kind of thrilled he's in the semi-final I, I would never in a million years have called it Marie called it mm-hmm. she's the only one that did as soon as he won this match we both went because we we're, were already kind of considering it but it was mm-hmm. like well you, the next round will be a big test depending on who we get we're getting, getting Dita and winning at that, at that point we're like He's got a real good shot at winning this. Yeah. Now, two things that played out later, firstly being guns winning, meaning that there's going to be a, a face champion, and secondly, a clear storyline being built up for for Lucky in the Schadenfreude uh, stable arriving in WXW makes me think he's probably losing in the final to Volta. But as we've seen, I'm very bad at predictions for WXW, so uh, congratulations to Lucky Kid on winning 16 karat gold tomorrow. <laughs> I'm excited to see who does win. Um, we had a few of the matches, uh, second half. I felt the second half was long. Um, there was yeah. There was two There was the tag titles and there was the shotgun title, and I think one of them ideally shouldn't have happened today. I don't really see why you couldn't have done Alani and uh, and Alexander Wolf tomorrow. I don't think the um the amount of matches was really a problem. I think one one or two matches overstayed stayed their welcome perhaps, but like the Alani match with Axel Tisha making his his big probably one off return. Mm. Um I think it wasn't that should have been a short match. (laughs) Yeah, that, that should have been a short match because people cared about the return and then they stopped caring because it was a bad match yeah well they popped and coming in they popped and going out but during the match exactly so that sort of match you you know make that six minutes or less even like yeah uh, it, that 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 match dragged and then um the tag, there's no, chem- no there's no chemistry though was there the um with alani and uh, alani's on a really bad run and it, it sucks to see because like he that wasn't well, his he fault. was he was no, but I, yeah, still, I don't blame him for that. Still, like you know, it's it's been a while since we've had a, a very good Alani match, mm. and you know, circumstances, of course, being being a factor. But at the end of the day, like a still, great wrestler manages to, to make something work. I and, still feel like like turning him heel was the right thing to do, but he hasn't really got to grips with being a heel. Yeah, he. His, his problem's always been he's he's been a bit of a charisma void. Um, 
but he could kind of cover that up somewhat by having really good matches for a long time. Um, and now he's kind of got neither for the, yeah. for the, the time being. And he's almost become a, a bit of a, a joke among a lot of the, the WXW fans. Whereas, you know, you go back like a year and a half or so, um, someone says like, oh, Alani's a dark horse for Carrot. You'd kind of go, that's eh, a reasonable take. Yeah. When now, like a lot of the German fans were, were like, that we were talking to were like joking about like when when they were making predictions, they're like, "Oh, I think Alani's going to win." As a joke, now Patrick maybe said it genuinely, um, but like he was kind of the butt of a lot of those jokes. Just that's kind of it's weird how how far he's managed to fall in a lot of people's minds, even though he's you know still been booked reasonably strongly. Yeah. Uh, and the, the tag match was kind of good. I felt yeah, Rise uh, did not. They weren't really doing anything there. It I just, mean, they're not very good, Rice. So uh, and JFK aren't very good either. So it's get taking the the belts away from that and putting them in a new situation with uh, Aussie Open, who could well be over more uh, in the coming well, weeks you, and you months. You think so? With them being tag champions and looking yeah. like that. You know, their stable with Brooks is going to be. I'm, I'm wondering if uh, Brooks is basically uh, tying back on his UK stuff because he's agreed uh, to do a lot more WXW dates and bring the whole Schadenfreude thing over because they've already got uh, Lucky Kid and Tim Thatcher and they can play around with it. Whether it will uh, have like a continuity with what's happening in Fight Club Pro or not, I don't know, but um, mm-hmm. there is potential there. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting, and it it feels like it's it'll probably give Aussie Open a bit more purpose in the company, whereas before they kind of felt like guys from the UK that well, yeah, from the UK scene yeah, yeah, yeah. that you bring in like once once or twice for like one offs. Now it feels you know they're immediately shot put it into the into a story, whereas like surrounding Lucky Kid, it feels like they're gonna do the whole. Um, which allegiance am I gonna yeah. gonna side with? Gonna try and do both, and tensions get strained. I was a bit worried they were gonna rush it through, like on the night, and have Lucky side with one or the other, and then it would be like that would define who he was going into the semi-finals, and I don't think you need to do that. So I'm glad they kind of just ended it as a Lucky stuck in the middle, because that's where he needs to be. It, yeah. Because he's he needs the sympathy. For, it, for for the tournament to work, he needs the sympathy. It gives him a um, clear direction going out of of Carrot, and that's much needed because you know the rise thing, the internal rise feuds. Yeah, yeah. We were very ready for them to to end, um, and you know, I, him him still being aligned with you know two bad wrestlers is. <laughs> Ideal, but um, it could be in there with with better people now at least. Yeah, I'm not sure where they go with it though, because like the the whole Schadenfreude thing in Fight Club Pro, like Lucky Hit is a part of it. You can't really bring in even Kiev and and Pete Bouncer into Fight Club Pro. That would not work at all. So I I I didn't get the immediate sense that it was going to be like a. 
a cross-promotional thing. That's well, hard it, to tell. I think it needs to be logical across both, though. Well, it, it could be as simple as... And I kind of feel they waited until, like, Volta was no longer part of it because of the, the WWE-UK thing. But it could be as simple as, like, these guys are a group elsewhere. They've shown up as that group to the place where Lucky is more entrenched and he's kind of caught in the middle. You, you don't like need to necessarily go deep into it. Like, I doubt they'll reference Thatcher turning on Volta in Fight Club Pro at all in WXW. Yeah, that's fair. And with that level of separation, like it would be weird to take some specific things and link the canons of the two promotions in some ways, but then also ignore other things that happened. The, the thing with Fight Club Pro is they're connected to so many different promotions. Sorry, it's late. Um, <laughs> with Folklore Pro, they're connected to so many different promotions that you can't connect up all the continuity. So I, I, I'm, I'm very aware that it's late. It's very late. It's like half three in the morning. So uh, I think we've talked about the matches. I, we've covered everything anyway. So uh, we'll wrap this up and We are in Dusseldorf Airport. I had to pause for a while there because I forgot what city we were in. And it is the night after the final night of 16 Carat. It's the morning after the night after that true. the final night of Carat. Oh god, I'm very tired. Um, not bad. Lucky kid won. Yeah. I'm happy for him. Yeah, yeah. Good for him. He's really nice. Um, uh, none of the other wrestlers have a bad thing to say about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always felt like he would had a lot of potential, but he's he has improved like incrementally every time we've seen him. So like, if you go back to the uh, like two years ago, and then you go from like carrot to, to tag league to to carrot to tag league to carrot, it's just he's just gone better every time. So yeah, no, he he's a good winner. Um, I would say nobody picked him, but Marie yeah. did pick him. She's two for two. She's two for two against Andy last year. It's incredible. I did ask her who she thought was winning next year, and she didn't want to commit to. Uh, She's got to read the storylines. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, talking as on the show as a whole, I thought this was a very strong show with a lot of a lot of feel good payoffs. Yeah, which really sent us home happy. It was a satisfying show. Mm. It's a satisfying conclusion to the weekend. I'm not sure it will come off anywhere near as well on VOD because, you know, I I didn't feel there was any particularly great matches. There was a lot of, there was a lot of very good stuff, but yeah. nothing really great. And it depends on, like, if you get a lot of mileage from, uh, like, the flippy tag. Yeah. I thought the flippy tag was, was terrific for what it was, and some people were very, very high on that. Yeah, um, I I enjoyed it a lot, but there was a little bit too much like waiting around for spots. Like often the Schadenfreude guys like somebody said to me that um, that there was no waiting around for spots. So I was like, 
Well, there was a ton. <laughs> there, there was definitely one because Chris Brooks was stood in the ring, and Pentagon was supposed to be like backdropping somebody into the. It was fun, though. It was a fun match. Yeah, I really, yeah. really enjoyed it. I don't think it's a show that's going to suit well for like parachuting in, but for people who do follow all the storylines... and There's a lot of payoff. The only yeah. thing they didn't pay off was um, Killer Kelly and, and Tony Storm, mm-hmm. which I'm, and I was saying uh, last night, I feel that that's the same kind of situation as Volta and David Starr. It makes more sense for Kelly to not win now because she's still not ready. Whereas when she lost to Tony Storm in the first place, although that's perfect booking because she just wasn't in her league. Uh, but now like you, the storylines progressed a bit and Kelly had come back and it kind of felt like she was ready, but she wasn't she lost again, mm-hmm. but she kicked out a uh, strong zero. Yeah. So it's like, it was about six moves, strong zero, depending on the company, but yeah, the, the WXW. Like <laughs> yeah. So it felt like she kind of got closer, but she still wasn't ready yet. So they can still play that out for, for a while. And, and Tony being a heel now, I think she's a much more she's interesting so much more character. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, like, Tony Storm's a baby face. I always liked her as a face, but I didn't realize how much I'd like her as a heel until I saw her working heel. And now I'm like, oh, why does she do this everywhere? Yeah. It, it, was, it was a very good match, too. Um, when, when the match first started, they, they went, like, high pace right from the beginning straight into it like hockey fight type deal and the crowd wasn't really reacting much at first and at that point i was like oh dear this is this is a problem especially as the the feud had been so good leading into it and the video package was so good um but then as the match went on the crowd got got into it and overall i thought very mouth guard uh spot is where it kind of changed that was kind of disgusting so it, it kind of got the crowd into it so basically she um uh, tony uh, steals killer kelly's mouth guard puts it in and then starts doing her spots and then um and then kelly steals it back puts it in and does like the the uh the shibata drop kick into the corner mm-hmm. so um yeah it was like she kind of reclaimed her so. i think i'd probably have this as the best kelly match i've seen yeah, Tony's a very easy person to work with, mm-hmm. but Kelly, like, it's like Lucky Kid. I, uh, I feel like Kelly has gotten incrementally better every major tournament we've seen her in. Yeah, like she's been improving a little bit in between, but like you can see a difference—not a big difference, but like a little bit of a difference where she's improved. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's mainly because she's moved to Germany and is getting the benefit of that the training that they have. So Volta said uh, when we were talking to him on the morning yesterday that he'd rather have like one exceptional student rather than five okay ones Mm -hmm. and he feels that the academy is is producing a good output of like like one every now and again that's that's really good as opposed to like flooding the shows with with talent that's okay because i don't know if some people think it's it's a little disappointing that they only have one every now and again that seems to come through, like Vite Muller, Julian uh, Pace. You'd think with somebody like Volta, you might get more out of that training school. But what does come out of it is good. And, and Kelly had learned a lot of her trade there because when she came in to, to start with, she just wasn't that good. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Walter and looping kind of back towards the tournament, um, I thought with with this this um, the 
this day's matches, he really like solidified. I thought he really solidified himself uh, as the the real star of the tournament. He as as great as Lucky Kid's win was, and as great as his story through the tournament was, this was Volta's tournament. You think so? Yeah, um, I think he, the oh, star oh, match was shown. Yeah, like he's obviously a star in Phoenix matches was was so incredible mm. um, on nights one and two, and then going into into the final, he had had such momentum, and it was it was the story felt like it was can Lucky overcome this mm. amazing monster that's you know run through everyone no matter what they've thrown at him. Right. Um, well, it felt different to. Um, when they did the same thing with Ilya two years ago, where mm. he, he uh, got through the tournament and then got through Volta to win. Mm. Uh, but this time around, Volta was a dick, like pretty yeah. much all the way through. Uh, even on uh, the semi final with Avalanche, he was uh, Avalanche hurt his arm on a spot to the floor, uh, legitimately hurt his arm on a spot to the floor. And um, he, he really worked that arm hold. And, uh, Has that been a dick floating rope? It, it was less than it was in the in the first tier matches. Like with Star, he was he was really being a dick. On Phoenix, when he pulled his mask apart. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. There were there yeah, were little. There were yeah. It looked like an ongoing storyline of that. It was it was nice little things that like didn't totally like beat you over the head with it, but just made the you crowd bought into it because they were booing. Want him to lose a little bit. No, no. But it, I think going into the tournament, like if the first round match was Lucky Kid versus Volta, I think it would have been a pretty 50-50 split. Mm. Whereas by the time we got to the final, look, like the majority of the fans wanted Lucky to to pick up the win, and um, you know they got the desired reaction because when he did win, it was an incredible reaction. Absolutely. So I thought Volter did a, a terrific job of establishing himself yeah. as, like I said, not as a heel, but as somebody who's prepared to take a few shortcuts, which is not his usual thing. He usually just batters people. And that, like uh, Rob said, that changed the dynamic of the of the crowd yeah. going into the last match, which um, it's very satisfying. This match. Mm. Yeah, pretty but because at the start on day one, it's like Lucky Kid beat Thatcher. It's like what? Yeah. What? Oh, the club is dead. R.I.P. <laughs> but then it's just like, oh wait, he beats Thatcher, then he beats Dida. I, I think it was telling that he got more confident through the tournament so it, like mm. his arc was fluke pin on Thatcher mm. fluke pin on Dita mm. and then he beats Ilya with like a 450 and and then he taps Volta out so he's gone from fluke to like as, as good yeah. as he could possibly get making the, the the toughest guy in the company submit to win it mm. so it was it was kind of a taking somebody who had a good reputation coming in and then turning them into a much, much bigger star in one tournament, which is not easy to do, but I thought they nailed it. And absolutely, absolutely. From the rise, feud and victory. Um, so it's a perfect time for Lucky Kid to move this up echelon. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a good time. So that means we've got the guns, Kid, and now Schadenfreude. Oh, the helping out. Schadenfreude. I'm not German. <laughs> um, I don't go to Fight Club Pro, so uh, Chris Brooks' team. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think that's nice because I was a bit worried about what they were going to be doing. If Oh, wait a minute. If Ilya's going and Walter's going, uh, what are we? who's going to replace these gaps? But, you know, I, don't, I, don't know, I think I've got a bit of a I, I don't think Walter's actually 
going anywhere. I know, but at the time, I'm like, oh, wow, like, the next thing about these two guys is a guy they can rely upon all the time. What they're going to do is, is yeah, there's, there's so much talent on this plate. It, it obviously would be hard to replace um, Volta and Ilya if they weren't able to use them because they've done such a good job of establishing Volta as, as the man and then did the same thing with Ilya and established him also as the man. And now they've put Lucky Kid over both of them in the same night.